0: when it was so hard that people who were struggling greatly would come to see me, yet they left encouraged, saying, After I saw what you're going through, I felt like my problems were nothing. I don't have near the time to outline the difficulties being faced. One day, I heard of some incredible things being said against me and the people I was with, and those folks didn't have any idea what we were going through. We all decided to meet and sort it all out, but before I left, God spoke to me and said, when you go, don't defend yourself. And you know what, God was right. Self-defense and faith, self-defense and leadership, don't go together at all. I'm Terry Hardigan, and I'm glad you're with me today for this edition of Life Journeys, where we are learning how God takes us through the deep valleys of our lives. That's not fair. It's one of the first sentences our children learn. I reminded one of my daughters of that just the other day. We seem to have a hard time with injustices against us and those we love. Unfortunately, we don't know how to battle through it very well at times. Some advice? Check your motives in every battle you decide to pick up. God modeled the following words for us. Don't deal with your injustices against others in the courtroom. Deal with them through the cross. God deals with our injustices on a much deeper level than debating, accusing, campaigning, voting, or merely dialoguing about it. Consider these words in 1 Peter chapter 2, written to a people under a government that was incredibly vicious and violent towards them. Peter says, Submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme or unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of them that do well. For so is the will of God, that with well-doing you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Now, especially in our day and age, we need to read that and understand that by doing well, you might put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. He says, submit to every ordinance of man. Verse 16 says, Do this as free, and not using your liberty for a cloak of maliciousness, but as the servants of God. Honor all men, all men. Love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the king. Servants, be subject to your masters with all fear, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the froward. That means they're crooked, perverse, surly, and unfair. For this is thankworthy. In other words, this is grace. That's the word thankworthy. This is grace if a man for conscience toward God endure grief, suffering wrongfully. For what glory is it if, when you're buffeted for your faults, you take it patiently? But if, when you do well and suffer for it, you take it patiently? This is acceptable with God. Again, the word grace is used, and here it says, this is acceptable. God has said, this is thankworthy. This is acceptable. This is what grace looks like when it's fulfilled in your life. He says, for this is what you have been called to, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example. That you should follow in his steps. Who did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously. Who his own self bare our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live unto righteousness. By whose stripes, you were healed. Now, we love to quote that last part of that verse where it says, by whose stripes you were healed. But we often miss the application of healing for our nation, especially in this day and age. He says, it's acceptable with God. We've been called to this, that we should follow in the steps of one who left us an example. He was on the cross, and he said, Now you get on the cross that's been put in front of you, stop trying to rebuke everything that you think is unjust and unfair, especially if it is unjust and unfair, because that is how you're going to change it. No one has ever been converted to Christ by people who are trying to prove them wrong. Before you decided to follow Christ, you were converted because people kept telling you how awful you were and how wrong you were and how you were so disliked? No. Wasn't it that you became a believer because you were shown love and grace and mercy? You came to believe in Jesus because of his merciful love, correct? Then why is it that so many believers think that they can change those who are corrupt in government by constantly criticizing them? What good is our Christian faith if all we do is claim it but act totally different when we come up against injustices? Christ died for us when we were enemies of God. When are we going to be willing to show the same to those who we claim are the enemies of the people? I have found that that's one of the most difficult messages for Christians these days to receive. They seem to have some sort of a sense of righteous indignation whereby they need to expose all the corruption. You know what? The call of Captain Obvious has already been answered. When are we as Christians going to show our neighbors that a Christian really is someone who treats others in leadership whom we disagree with with respect, the kind that Jesus showed? his enemies, even on the cross. We may not change the president, but we can influence those around us. We may not change Congress, but we might change our neighbors. One day the Apostle Paul took a beating by the Romans for false accusations against him because of his preaching. It was the next day, while in jail, that he asked them how they could beat him since he was a Roman. They became scared and shocked, for this was illegal to beat another Roman. Why did he take the beating without a word? Why didn't he speak up sooner? It was because of his faith and his life purpose. Listen, this country will never be straightened out at the ballot box nor by all of our ranting about how bad the opposition is. If we won't be Christian, then neither will our nation ever be turned around. This is a call straight from God's word to everyone who names the name of Christ to commit ourselves to him of whom it is said, the government shall be upon his shoulders. He rules in the affairs of men and sometimes, according to his word, sets up the basest of men to govern for reasons that are beyond our ability to even understand and comprehend. Trust him, though, that if this is his will, he certainly knows how to take care of each one of us. I know what it's like to have the nicest house in town, a great ministry in the eyes of men, two cars in the garage, and people who love us. And I know what it's like to lose it all, to be homeless, to feel misunderstood, accused, and even racially discriminated against. I know what it's like to fall asleep to the sound of gunfire every night, to be intimidated by gangsters, and know what it's like to go to sleep not knowing if I would awake in the morning in this world. In other words, my life has been one in which I've been continually put into the fire and found out what it's like on the other side of adversity. With Paul, I can say I've been there and I found out that God is faithful.